Welcome to Season 2 of This Is Me. My name is Siobhan. In Season 1, we met everyday Australians and they shared with us their life-changing moments. In this new season of This Is Me, we not only have a new logo, but we have 10 inspiring stories that will hopefully let you walk a mile in someone else's shoes. If you have a story you would like to share, you can DM us at This Is Me Podcast on Instagram. In this episode, we hear Darren's story. Hi, my name's Darren Eastwell. I'm 46 year old, father of two, and on the 23rd of May 2015, I set out for a joyful mountain bike ride in Tawanton National Park, but that day my life changed forever. There's some stains on your photo. I actually have zero memory of that day because of the injuries, but I had a GPS digital speedo on my bike, which recorded that I'd been riding for about two hours, and the last speed that was recorded was 62 kilometres an hour, and I was heading down a severe track. I was riding alone, and luckily I was wearing a helmet, but I was found unconscious in the ground by another rider, and... Um, they had to call an ambulance to come and collect me and, and take me to hospital because I was in no state to um, get back on my bike. What we've been told is I was found unconscious on the trail by another bike rider. He was riding by himself also. They had to get a four-wheel drive ambulance van to come in and collect me. When the paramedics came to me on site up at Twanton, I was in all sorts of trouble. Um, apparently I was falling in and out of consciousness because we're in the, deep into the mountain bike trails, they had to carry me out, get me in an ambulance, and then the drive from Tawanton to Nambour Hospital was, yeah, a couple of hours, because I had to stop quite a, a bit. I had to mainly check my vitals, whether I was conscious or whether I was breathing okay. And then when they got me to Nambour, I was still unconscious, but they were doing x-rays, CAT scans, MRIs. They chose to medically induce me into a coma. And then I think it was three, three or four days into the coma, they tried to bring me out. But as I was coming out, I was just thrashing around and unsure of what was happening and trying to rip out the, the um, cords and the, all the vitals. So they put me back under again. That happened about three times during the 10 days. The x-rays, CAT scans and all that revealed that I had um, fractured my skull, fractured my neck, fractured my T7 vertebrae in my spine, but also had suffered um, the worst being a traumatic brain injury, which was called a diffuse axonal injury. To put it in simple terms, it's your brain, which is floating in brain fluid in your skull, and then the impact of whatever I hit my head on, the brain shook violently inside the skull and the bone or just with the force of the the brain shaking in your head the, the axons or neurons they break or tear so it's probably one of the most devastating injuries that someone can get well i was a 25 year career banker for the national australia bank and i was in senior management i loved my job and i was always striving to better myself or move up the corporate ladder. Fitness was my way of um, de-stressing or how I managed my stress levels in my, in my life. 
exercise to me doesn't feel like it's a chore or you know, I have to do it. It's just it's totally enjoying going for a run, a bike ride, swimming. I was always aware of your fitness and the importance of having a healthy body so you can perform at optimum level. Family life was probably the best I'd had it. My kids, they were growing up beautifully. We had no, almost like a perfect family, if that makes sense. Um, nothing's perfect, but in my eyes, it was. Um, we had a, an old school tradition, if that makes sense. My wife, uh, she worked for herself as a hairdresser, but we chose to raise our kids by ourselves, where we didn't have to put them in daycare or anything like that. And I was the provider. I was still um, supportive of what my wife wanted to do. She was a magnificent mum for our kids, and what we chose was always in a, in a partnership. Everything just changed for my life and my entire family's life. Because of the injuries that I sustained, I was in hospital for 62 days across three different hospitals. I was in um, brain injury rehabilitation for roughly two months in um, PA Hospital in Brisbane. I basically had to relearn how to live independently all again. I had to relearn how to speak, how to walk, how to um, understand when someone was talking to me. And I forgot where I lived. I forgot what I did as a job. I was on a computer for 20 years and most people use use computer in their daily life, whether at work or their personal things. I actually forgot how to do the simple thing of turning the computer on. It was very frustrating and I just didn't know what had happened to me because I had no memory of the accident. The only memories that I really have is almost like a, a dreamlike sensation of when I was in hospital, but I think I've seen video footage of when I was in hospital, not the actual memory itself of being there. I remember, again, it's a bit like a dream. I remember, as I said, the, the injuries that I sustained, they believed I was going to have require 24-7 care. If I did wake up from the coma, and that was the big if, there's a thing called the Glasgow Coma Scale. They measure eye function, verbal function, and physical function, whether you can move. And it's a scale of 3 to 15. The lower the number is the more severity of the injury. A three is a dead person, and I was a seven, which put me into the severe category of severe brain injury and post-traumatic amnesia. So after the coma, I didn't know where I was. The only thing I could remember was I identified my parents, my wife, my sisters, and my two kids. That's the only thing that I knew or I was familiar with. I knew their names, but I had no... I actually thought I was in a town where I grew up as a kid in Victoria. Had no memory of what was going on. And they calculated, again, this post-traumatic PTA, they call it, another score, medical score. And I was in the um, the severe, severe. And what that is, post-traumatic amnesia, is when your brain memory function is not working. So you'll meet someone or someone will tell you something and within 30 seconds you won't remember it. So I was constantly saying, why am I here? Then they transferred me to another hospital until I could get a bed in the Princess Alexandra Hospital in Brisbane where they specialised in the brain injury rehabilitation unit. And that's where I was basically in a ward, but it was full lockdown. Patients weren't allowed to wander around. They were able to go into their, the lunchroom. One fond memory that I do have, 
there's about four other guys, all different ages, but we would sit at the same table and have breakfast and have lunch and have dinner, have a bit of a laugh with each other. And we would all say to each other, what are we doing here? Like, why are we here still? You know, not realizing we've all got a brain injury, but we formed sort of a bond where we look out for each other as trying to keep themselves motivated also as to when you're going to be able to be cleared to go home. I was in there for, I think it was four weeks before I could get day release or weekend release it was. So I was in there from Monday to Friday. Then Friday night, I was able to actually go home for Saturday and Sunday, but then I had to be brought back to hospital Sunday night and then continue with my rehab. I have had difficulties with eyesight, hearing. I've lost sense of smell and sense of taste. So that's why I have really strong coffee. (laughs) (laughs) The major thing that can happen is when obviously you have this brain injury where you don't are fully aware of your capabilities or what you can and can't do, you might think you can do what you used to be able to do, which you can't. Um, So your coordination goes. I was always very fit, always liked to run, but I was unable to do that in hospital or when I first got out. I would get so fatigued getting up and then just trying to get ready for the day and then walking to my letterbox to check the mail or something like that, coming back to the home. That was pretty much my physical exercise, all I could do. So I just pushed myself every day to do something more. So it was almost like a a life pre-season, like you're doing anything that you can do to try and better yourself the next day. It's been five years and every day is like rehab, and it still is for me. One thing that I did do, I got lost in my own home, and it's not a mansion. I needed to go to the toilet. My home is a two-story home, but it's on different levels, but I couldn't find it. In our kitchen where the cutlery and that was, I had no idea where the cutlery was because I would forget. Early on, there was sticky notes on everything, so I've just had to simplify life in a way where I can... um just identify if I need something or where I can go to, so put it back in the same spot. There's a high chance that I could end up with dementia, they say, because of the injury and the severity that I have, Um, but only time will tell. Traumatic brain injury is the main cause of lifelong disability in Australians aged between 15 and 25. More than 75% of victims fail to achieve full recovery. My wife and my two kids said they'd come down to visit which they always did, and they were driving back, and I think within 10 minutes, I'd fallen asleep. And then when I got home, I'd lived in the house previously a number of years, but I got um, a grand tour of my own home. My kids were primary school age, so uh, my son was 12 and my daughter was 10. They were my strength, and they, they got to see their dad at his worst, but that was my strength. They saw me in a coma where they were holding my hand and, and talking to me. They were... Uh, the kids were just so strong. But... So, so proud of what they could do. And in recovery, it was um, all for them.
Sorry. Because kids, they're, they're the, I believe they're the, they're, they're, they're so honest. And we think, oh, it's too much for them to handle and for whatever reason, but they can handle so much than what adults can. Just to see their, their smiles um, and them to be able to talk to me. They weren't scared of me or what was going to happen and that was long recovery and their involvement in my recovery has probably been the, the most important factor. My wife at the time, like she was so supportive and strong. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for her. And I'm happy to discuss this or tell this. Um, like we're going our separate ways, but we still care for each other in a way that we're, we're always going to have each other's backs. What she's been through and witnessed and, and supported me through the accident and the recovery, I can't thank her enough. I never thought I'd be in this position, but I'm a very positive person. I believe everything happens for a reason. And my accident, I would say there's been more positives come from it than negatives. The different people that I've met, I've really got to know who I am and what you can do as a person as to you're challenged, but you can rise up again. I accepted the injury that I had. My life had changed. That was almost like a line in the sand. I accepted that I was going to be moving forward and always looking forward, not looking backwards at, oh, this is what I used to do. I had a great job. Why can't I do that anymore? I'm actually glad I'm not a banker these days. <laughs> I've been able to achieve so much more since my accident than what I would have done had I had not had the accident. Last year, I ran my first 10K fun run. I started swimming because I was advised that um, swimming is actually good for your brain because you're using le the left and right sides of it at the same time. So I joined a swimming club, been swimming a 10-kilometre charity swim every year. Um, I was unable to drive a car for three years. I had to basically go for my licence all over again. So I had to... How was that? I passed. <laughs> it was very weird. Manual or automatic? No, I've gone the auto. Because <laughs> like coordination, for me, I get so much joy, as much as that sounds weird, I'm being able to do that by myself. I'm not relying on someone to drive me to certain places. and It's my independence. The change in my perception now is as long as you're, you're happy within what you've got, don't take things for granted. Early on, I just had no idea what had happened to me. What am I going to do? Our family, I thought, how are we going to provide? How are we going to live? Are we going to lose our home? So the depression did hit. My personality has changed so much to what I was, but in a good way. I think I'm more jokey, more casual, more relaxed. I'll talk to people, whereas before I was probably too regimented on what I'm doing with work. I'm all about getting to be my best version of myself. Long term, I'm just going to tackle life as it comes. I'm not a religious person, but this whole journey of has awoken my, me spiritually, just being relaxed or in the moment. There's so many little things that have happened for the injury, but they're small blessings because I'm always in the moment. My mind doesn't wander about, oh, I've got to cook tea tonight or I have to do this on Wednesday because my brain doesn't work like that anymore. So I'm lucky that way.
Brain Injury Australia's charity partner is Side Timber. Since 2012, Side Timber has helped raise funds for those living with a brain injury. Their aim is to raise awareness and funds to support those with brain injury. You can head to braininjuryaustralia.org.au to find out more.